Bitcoin. Hello, Bitcoiners. If you're new to Bitcoin, welcome. If you've been here a while, congratulations surviving another week of FUD. Let's get into a market update. All right, so it looks like we've survived this China FUD. Uh, we got tons of stuff to talk about. So I'm just gonna jump right into the prices first of all. Uh, right now on Bitstamp, we're showing 37.60 about and three month futures. Uh, now this is okay coin, so I don't know um, if they're gonna be staying open. I think that this, since this is the uh, international side, this is not affected at all by the by the band. This is their dot-com side. And they're, they're showing a three month futures at 37.15. It's it's squeezing here again. Uh, we have a spread of only about $40. So that's good. Uh, we've, I think we bottomed on the price here in this move. Uh, we could go and retest that resistance and come back down again and make another uh, new low here. Maybe not, uh, I'm not talking about a new low of 3000, but a new low like 3300, uh, something like that. Uh, but I'm, I'm watching this price very closely. If we do break the resistance that's sitting around 3,900 right now, um, I think we're we're set back for the the upside. You know, testing 4,500. Market cap right now for Bitcoin 62 billion. Global market cap, including the altcoins, uh, is 130 billion. That makes a maximalist price of 7,896. So almost 7,900 dollars. Okay, uh, difficulty. There is. A little bit of discrepancy here in the difficulty. Uh, my, I've linked my two sources in the description, um, and the one I've been using for a long time is showing about a 0% increase. And that makes sense because a lot of hashing power, well, not a lot, but uh, maybe 5% has gone over to uh, Bcash because they got very uh, easy recently. And so a lot, some of the hash power went over there. But fork.lol, the new site that I look at, um, they're showing still about a 7% increase in the next difficulty adjustment. So I expect it to be a small single digit increase uh, in about a week's time from now. And yeah, so that's difficulty. Um, there's a lot, speaking of mining, there's a lot of new mining entrants. That's, it's getting very exciting actually. So a lot of us uh, for the last couple of years, we've been worried about this Chinese centralization. We've been worried about Bitmain centralization. They, they seem to be having the best miners. And so everyone's buying from them. The ASIC manufacturing, uh, the chip fabrication was centralized uh, into one or two companies, right? Bitfury and Bitmain with Bitmain being uh, superior. Well, it looks like there's a lot of new entrants coming in. Uh, Earlier this year, we saw Kanan.io, if you, that's their website. Uh, it, they're the old Avalon miners, I believe. If you go to their website, you can uh, buy miners there. Uh, GMO out of Japan, they've ta they're talking about 7 nanometer chips, which is uh, very exciting, very efficient, uh, longer-lasting type chips. And uh, they're, they're supposed to be spending about $100 million uh, worth of yen uh, on, on this uh, new chip fabrication and uh, mining rig manufacturing. The newest one is a Cyan Mining, and they're formerly out of Dubai. Now they're, I think they're out of Hong Kong. I linked to their website in the show notes as well. Uh, they are producing a 14 nanometer uh, miner, uh, a home miner for, for, for home mining. And I think this is great because a lot of these guys are targeting this home market more than the, the mining farms. You, you, the mining farms can still buy these, right? They just set them on racks. They have uh, 5,000 where you only have one or two at your house. So um, it's going to be the same machines used uh, probably here for both of these but they are targeting this this home market which i think is great um but the cyan mining they're out of dubai and and one of my things that i've been 
because uh, I called the Japan coming to Bitcoin thing. I called that last year uh, before all this stuff with China, uh, the exchanges kicked off and uh, we saw a big movement of volume over to Japan. And before we saw this GMO coming out and all, all these people entering, uh, even before the the good regulation that came and said, you know, Bitcoin is going to be basically unregulated uh, or regulated the same as as currency over there in Japan. So, um, you know, I, I was talking about that long before that. Um, now, I, I can see that these GCC countries, you know, the, the Gulf... Uh, the Gulf Alliance over there, they, I, I can see like the United Arab Emirates getting into this. I can see Qatar getting into this, maybe even Saudi, uh, starting to look at mining or maybe Iran. I mean, there's a lot of energy. These energy producers, um, you know, they're looking to diversify and, uh, this could be a good way to give them some appreciating assets. So they have all these assets of energy in the ground that they pump out and they burn. Well, maybe they can turn that into some Bitcoin and then they will be appreciating. Plus, you know, we're in this accumulation phase. There's only 5 million, less than 5 million to mine. So uh, it's going to be a land grab here. Uh, and so I, I can see them getting more into mining. Now it's going to be harder because they, they live, do live in a hot climate, but you know, they have the Persian Gulf. They can do some water cooling. They can do some, some stuff like that. So uh, I don't think it's that big of a hurdle for them. Another issue with mining is um, there's, or another rumor out there with mining is that, um, Russia supposedly is courting some of these disaffected Chinese miners that they, you know, they might be unhappy with the regime and the flip-flopping going on in China, the arbitrary nature of, of their uh, ruling party. And so China has started courting them. And I got this from Bitcoin.com, but I recommend never going to that site uh, for your news and don't link to them because that is uh, a bad, bad actor site. And so don't go to Bitcoin.com. Anyways. You guys can find a link out there if you want. Google that. Okay. Mempool is less than a megabyte. Very, very small. Some people are out there saying, look, this, this is a bad sign because nobody's using Bitcoin. But I've been saying forever that Bitcoin is a store of value. Bitcoin is not a payment network like uh, PayPal. Okay. If you want PayPal, go use freaking PayPal. If you want censorship resistant transactions, come to Bitcoin. If you want... A government resistant store of value come to Bitcoin. But you know, we're not in Bitcoin's not in the business of buying your damn coffee or even buying your hat online. Okay. Bitcoin's in the business of buying drugs online. It's in the business of storing your value for long term, very securely. So and once lightning comes in, which there's been a lot of stuff, I don't cover that today, but there's been a lot of news out about atomic swaps and lightning wallets and all sorts of stuff getting going here. So just wait till next year. It's going to be nuts, people. Then you can start using it for payments. So yeah, mempool is less than a megabyte. Fees are very low. Uh, the recent spam attacks haven't produced lasting backlog due to the bigger blocks of over a megabyte. And we're now we're seeing even Antpool and their subsidiaries starting to mine above a megabyte blocks, the SegWit blocks, which I is amazing that they're doing. I guess, you know, now it's now it's in. SegWit is in and it can't be too political about it. They, it looked like they were being political for a while, mining empty blocks and all this. They're still mining a few empty blocks, I think. But uh, maybe that's because the mempool is so low. There's not that many transactions to mine, but they have been mining over megabyte blocks, and that is good. Uh, I noticed that once this Bitcash or Bcash difficulty went down, 
just recently, the spam attack stopped. Now, isn't that interesting? <laughs> that these these uh, bad players out there, they'll spam the network when they're mining on it and to get everyone to raise their fees to make sure that it goes through. So they're milking you for your fees by spamming the network. And then uh, as soon as the difficulty gets easier on Bcash, they stop their spamming because they don't want the fees to be high. Then they jump ship and they go over to Bcash and they mine because it's more profitable over there. But if they were spamming still, the fees would make it more profitable on the Bitcoin side, you see. So they have to stop their spamming, jump over to Bcash. As soon as they jump back, expect some spam to come back to Bitcoin. Okay. The average transaction value on chain is 2834 This is less than a Bitcoin worth, but it's very big, right? We're not talking about microtransactions on Bitcoin. We're talking about fundamental wealth here. So people are storing their wealth in Bitcoin. They're making large purchases, large transactions. This is the future of Bitcoin. If you want small little rinky-dink things, go use a, a scam coin. Go use Bcash. Go use something else and wait for lightning to come to Bitcoin. Local Bitcoins, their volume hit all-time high, $71 million transacted on uh, through the network uh, last week. Uh, we should see an updated number today, but um, for the last seven days, this because this the 71 million is from 916 so i'm expecting big numbers coming out today I, I do link to that in the show notes so you guys can go and and keep on top of that today if they release new numbers expecting another all-time high obviously so uh, chinese volume is spiking they're not all-time highs yet though but uh, soon paxful volume hit over 10 million dollars transacted on paxful uh, for last week and that is the first time ever that they've hit 10 10 million and they're coming on strong. So total over the counter public over the counter market is 80 million. Um, they have, you know, there's always rumors that a lot of this volume is hidden even on local bitcoins because um, you'll get regulars. So if you're selling on local bitcoins, you get regulars and you don't even go through the website anymore. Um, you, so for every like 50% of this volume could be hidden. But this is the public. This is does symbolize like new newcomers to Bitcoin. So that's interesting. Anyway, okay. Last story I have for Bitcoin specifically is uh, fake Satoshi wouldn't answer some fair questions from Simon Dixon. I thought this was a hilarious video. Simon Dixon has some balls standing up in this room and asking, saying, "Hey, look at uh, Blockstream. It has come under scrutiny for their investors. Uh, who are the investors behind Enchain?" And I think this is a very important point. After I saw this video, I tweeted out, put up or shut up, who's the investors behind Enchain? And I think we need to push this, right? We need the users in here to push this, make them tell us who their investors are. And uh, they're trying to be closed-lipped, say that they're privileged, they don't have to say shit, which legally they don't. But as a community, we need to get pressure them to be open and transparent, and like they expect everyone else to be, okay? All right, that's all I have for Bitcoin. Let's go on to some traditional markets. Okay, DXY, man, it's having trouble in this resistance zone. 
between 92 and 93. It wants to go up. You know, the Fed had this decision this last week. No, no rate increase this time. Maybe not by maybe in December. There's they're talking about. It looks like the chances of that are over 50 percent right now. Um, but they're having they did they did come out and say they're going to reduce their balance sheet. So they're going to slowly let these bonds uh, roll off of their balance sheet. Because right now they're still pumping in $40 billion a month, uh, you know, rolling over their debt that they have. Because $40 billion comes off of their balance sheet every month, uh, naturally. But they reinvest that to keep it at a level playing field. So they're actually pumping in $40 billion still. Uh, and they're, they're talking about decreasing that and letting them just fall off of their balance sheet. To me, I'm calling this quantitative squeezing which is really bad for the markets. If Once it sinks in to, for people that they're actually going to be withdrawing liquidity out of the market, it's going to be really bad for stocks, I think. But uh, the dollar is having trouble. If you look back at um, March, I believe it was, their, their rate decision in March where they increased the interest rates a quarter percent, the dollar's been down since then, big time. That was kind of the turning point. Uh, had a big down day that day and has continued to go down. Uh, that... It doesn't make sense, right? Because that is halfway through their cycle, not even halfway through at that time. Right now we know it's it, that's their cycle is almost done. But at that time, we thought it was just beginning. But the dollar's falling. At that time, the dollar should be strengthening. It was not. It just doesn't doesn't match the theory out there. And my theory is because people think these interest rate increases are going to hurt the economy. Because the Fed is the only game in town. Their liquidity that they pump into the market is the only game in town. And if they start pulling back on that, it's going to be bad for the economy. So everything starts sliding. And as the dollar goes down, I mean, if you the dollar is down uh, like 11% since then, or 10%. And if you look back at the S&P, it's not 11% higher. It's maybe 5% higher. So even measured in relative dollar strength, the S&P is down. And if you go year to date, the S&P is, uh, is down versus the euro. So even though we're seeing these new highs here in the S&P, it's really not the case. It's just numbers. It's just magic number shuffling. Okay. So yeah, the S&P did hit uh, over 2,500 uh, all-time highs this week at Pulled back a little bit down to 2502. Um, there is some support at 2490, but again, I'm expecting upside to be weak and downside to surprise. Quantitative squeezing starts in October. Gold. Now, gold has had a big pullback. The story here is that it versus uh, speculative longs versus commercial shorts. So, speculative longs is kind of like the retail side of you and me, and you know we're all bullish gold, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, so we open up a long. Commercial shorts are the big boys. They're going short, and we saw a speculative long squeeze this last week, especially going into the Fed decision. So, a lot of people were getting liquidated, closing their uh, positions for a loss. The the short. Uh, the longs were the, the retail investor side. But this week now, after the rate decision, we've seen it kind of flatten out, bottom out. And I think this the coming geopolitical risk this week, we'll see a lot of those shorts closing. And so the price can climb, uh, maybe retrace at least 50%. Uh, if we have a big incident, uh, it could be higher than 50% retracement, or maybe test the top again, the, the previous swing high. I do link a good uh, break down some analysis of gold in the show notes. So check that out. Okay, last thing I have is the euro dollar sitting at 119.5.
could be forming a small head and shoulders pattern here. I don't know. The invalidation of the head and shoulders would be 1.205. I'm still bullish the euro. Even if it does have a small pullback here to say with a 115 handle, I think that the dollar is going lower. So the, the euro will be bid. Bitcoin. All right. Okay. Before I go, I want to tell you guys I had an interview with Andy Hoffman a couple days ago for his new website, CryptoGoldCentral.com. Uh, you have to go to his website there and sign up. I wish I could get a copy and put it on my Patreon, but um, for right now, that's where I can. That's where you can find it. Thank you to all my patrons. You guys are the best, best patrons in the space. See you soon. Thanks for listening.